Yeah, so let's get started. All right. Are you a startup struggling to raise funds and sell product? Today, we're gonna dive into a real life case study and discuss how to properly market your product, raise funds, and ultimately maximize your startup's potential. All right, let's get to it. So to set the table, we're gonna go over seven disciplines in this video and break them all down so by the end of it, you're gonna know exactly what you need to be doing. One of the great joys of having a plan is you're never gonna feel lost because you're gonna know exactly where you are. All right, so let's break down what we're gonna cover and then dive deep into them. First, we're gonna cover understanding your product. Then, the importance of storytelling. Then we're gonna cover the Tesla playbook. This one's gonna be fun. We're gonna get into optimizing your website, creating tier two products, or also known as LTV products. We're gonna to touch on the power of social proof and what most people get wrong. And lastly, we're gonna get into understanding your analytics. Remember, the three things that are gonna determine your success are asking the right questions, valuing the right information, and ultimately defining your success properly. And if you don't know your analytics, you can't do that the right way. So with all that being said, ugh, let's have some fun. So understanding your product. Before you can effectively market your product or raise funds to help grow your business, you need to understand what your product does and why it's needed. What problem does it solve and what makes it unique? Now, there are a lot of ways about understanding these things. So let me give you the three steps that I recommend you do right away. First is the analyzation of your competition and ultimately your total addressable market, your TAM. The point here is to say, what is everybody else doing? If the people are already successful, how can I avoid trying to reinvent the wheel? Because honestly, you're probably gonna fail. And one of the easiest ways to succeed is do more of the same, but better. That's a great starting point. Second is to understand your customer. What do they say about your product? Now, Sarah Levenger's masterclass in Disruptor School, the Using Psychology to Convert, breaks this down tremendously. But the point here is to understand the words that they use, the sentiment they have, how they talk to each other about your product or service or offer, ultimately so that you can understand psychologically where it fits into their Maslow's hierarchy of needs so that you can best find the way to make it something that they're willing to spend money and time on. And third, what makes you unique? At the end of the day, the value of direct consumer business is the fact that you're doing what other people do, but in a way that somebody's going to extract more value from it. Direct-to-consumer is a premium in the industry. The reason I'm going directly to the brand is because they're providing something that I find value with above and beyond the designed for obsolescence product that I can buy normally in the store. If you know what yours is, you have a secret power. If you don't know what yours is, you are ultimately crippled before you even start. Second thing is the importance of storytelling. Now we talk about storytelling often in ads, but when trying to raise funds, the story that you have around your business is also vital. It's crucial to have a compelling story. Investors wanna see that not only do you have a plan, but also a vision and ultimately a strategy to execute that vision. Make sure your story is clear, compelling, and convincing. 
When we're talking about storytelling with product to make a sale, often when storytelling with a brand, we see salespeople basically making a critical mistake often. If I'm ready to come in to buy, if I'm walking into the sneaker store looking to buy a pair of shoes and I know exactly what I'm looking for, more or less, right? I know I want some trainers, I want them to be red, I want them to be of a certain style, and I want them to be something that will last for a long run, probably not a high top. I've got a good idea and I go in and I talk to a salesperson. If that salesperson starts the conversation with, hey, did you know you have feet? And we have this thing called a shoe and it's going to help you. If you start the conversation of the storytelling every single time, introducing the pain point and ultimately being informative, you're going to miss far more sales than you make. The importance of storytelling is to have different parts of the funnel addressed. And this is why even at Broad, some ads are used as prospecting, mid funnel, bottom funnel, because we're talking about different parts and overcoming different objections and ultimately having to remember that the reason people are making the purchase is because they're probably already market aware. They're probably already informed. They've probably already done a fair amount of research. So our ads have to speak to what their intent is. In raising money for your business, it's very much the same thing. And the critical mistake that most people make is they try to hockey stick their business. Hockey sticking your business is the single worst move you can make if you're trying to get funding. Why am I going to buy your stock after it spikes? Nobody buys high and tries to get rich. You want to buy things before they explode. It is far more valuable for you as a business owner to show that you have consistent, steady, well-managed growth with untapped potential. Because now as an investor, I know all I have to do is pour fuel on this fire because nobody's done it yet. And I will see a massive return. If you 10X your brand, you're not going to get nearly the amount of money or confidence as if you 2X it, leaving 5X left on the table because the honest truth is somebody coming on board is probably going to do the rest of that better than you will and their money is what's going to make it happen the bottom line is if you've already eaten all the meat and all you've left for me on that steak is the fat i ain't going to give you a penny now i know you love these videos but sadly youtube only has a like button so go ahead and hit it smash it aggressively with enthusiasm don't forget to hit subscribe ring the bell and with that being said let's get back to the video so let's get into the next part the Tesla playbook. Now say what you will about Elon, he's very, very good at this very specific flow. So let's break down really quickly what made Tesla phenomenally successful when it comes to the overall business strategy of the rollout. Because that is one of his secret powers. So the Tesla playbook, we start with a flagship product, our best single hero brand product, right? Outside of Tesla, you see this with Nike, with the Jordans. Like you can find this example in a million different places. But now when you have the flagship product, you understand what works and what doesn't. And you can make sure that your standard operating procedures evolve to handle greater scale. So Tesla initially launched the Roadster in 2008. This gave them infrastructure, gave them cash flow, and it gave them the understanding of the factory line and a lot of the operational expertise that he needed. Now that wasn't his goal. That was the first toe in the water in the initial hero product. Four years later, he released the Model S, which again is an expansion on that to meet a rising business need in the marketplace 
with the infrastructure that was already set up. And then three years after that, he launches what he actually wanted to bring to market in the first place, which is the Model X SUV. Now the Model X SUV was phenomenally successful because not only does it meet the market needs, not only is it well designed in the marketing and everything else, but because the infrastructure that that product is built on, the factory, the design, the strategy for deployment, the infrastructure required, the manpower, the overall business org structure was set up that that basically couldn't fail. So the lesson here is start with what you can do well, your MVP, your minimal viable product. And then gradually expand your product line in a way that makes sense building off of the strengths and the lessons from your MVP. This will allow you to learn and adapt and ultimately grow quickly once you've identified market opportunities. To be fair, if Elon had come out with the Model X as the first thing, the likelihood of that success is a fraction of what we've seen. They would not have been the infrastructure of superchargers. The unit economics on the manufacturing and distribution of the product wouldn't have existed. The bottom line is, he had to build a machine that would allow him to ultimately reach the objective he wanted to. But you can't win the marathon day one getting off the couch. You have to learn and train and ultimately overcome issues and get your body and your machine, your mind right. So that when you tackle Mount Everest, you don't die somewhere along the side of it. Hey y'all, real quick. If you wanna invest in yourself with an education resource that'll last literally a lifetime, go down below. The first link is for the Facebook Ads MBA program that will give you weekly classes, live mentorship, consulting, and a mastermind community with lifetime access, plus over a dozen courses for you to dive into so that ultimately you can install standard operating procedures for everything that you need for the growth and acquisition and ultimately to be the best CMO in your business and the best operator that you can possibly be. It's a one-time fee for lifetime access. It's basically like if you were to hire me, what would I do so that you wouldn't even need me anymore? If you go down into the description, hit the first link and apply for that. With that being said, let's get back to it. All right, so let's start banging through some of these other things that are incredibly important, but honestly come second and third in the process. Number one, optimizing your website. Your website is often the first chance that somebody gets to truly begin to develop a relationship with you and your business above and beyond your content. This is basically the first impression. This is the first date. We've known each other, we've hung out, we've chatted, but now we're getting to see what it's really like to be together. But now it's a chance for you to see what I'm really like. Make sure your website is clear and informative and compelling. It should tell customers why they need your product, not just want it. Remember, most people spend money, especially in direct consumer, to acquire something that they want, not the product, but the lifestyle, the feeling, the emotional plateau that they're trying to overcome, the lifestyle that they want to have. They are buying aspirationally to achieve a change in their current day to day. Otherwise, they would have just gone to the store and ignored you entirely. The point here is that your website should be the best version of yourself that you can bring to the table to meet this need. Now, obviously, the flows, the checkouts, the, the product pages, these are all having finer details and I'm not here to tell you what the best is for each one because honestly, the best version of that is gonna be different for every single one of you. The point though is, this needs to meet the need of aspiration. Otherwise, you are replaceable by Amazon. If you're not going to compete on price, you have to compete with desire. 
And if you're not meeting that need for desire, you're going to lose the sale. Creating tier two products or LTV products. I would highly recommend that you begin doing research and development into vertically integrated product offering. Create additional lower tiered products that can be used as upsells or gifts with purchase. These are not the things that you're promoting with ads. These are the things that ultimately allow you to improve AOV, allow you to improve LTV, and help you to improve second purchase rate by building a moat around the business. If you are just a product, you are ultimately replaceable by anybody else selling that product. If you wanna be a business with a long positive trajectory, you have to be something more than one solution to somebody's life. We see that with basically every successful business. It's not just the one thing, it's the one thing and then all the little things to go along with it. Even when you buy a car, you're probably getting the warranty or you're getting finance or you're going back to get it worked on or you're coming back to buy another car from them later on. Even at very high ticket things, this happens. The point here is most successful businesses have a funnel of a customer acquisition product, the hero product. And most of these businesses revenue is actually sold on the LTV products, these tier two offers. Sometimes your tier two offer could quite literally be a bundle around your hero product. For instance, at 310 Nutrition, we had a $9 offer that crushed. It was positioned so that it was dumb for you to buy the $9 offer over and over and over again. But as soon as we introduced a buy two, get one free on the full price offer, now you took the $9, you liked it, and if you wanted, you can come pay full price for a bag of shake. But why do that when if you add one more, you get a third one for free? Now, it's not just capturing one of the $9 products, it's building a moat around you as a customer because we're providing a product and an offer that meets your expectations with the business and also protects against the objection of value that would allow other businesses to conquest our customers. From that, we added in supplements and teas and gym equipment and a bunch of other things. The point though is we were able to get you from potentially maybe wanting to buy a full price thing to taking a trial and then immediate surge in LTV. I did the same thing with Under Outfit also. Went from one bra to buy three, get one free. Some women, usually younger ones, would buy the one bra and immediately, if they liked it, take the buy three, get one free offer, because why not? Huge surge of LTV. If we didn't offer that, then we're just another bra with something else going along and maybe you like it, maybe you don't. We also noticed, by the way, that these tier two offers that have higher AOVs, because they can absolutely have higher AOVs, sometimes become huge offers in their own right. For instance, again, at Under Outfit, we noticed that women of an older persuasion would come in and just buy the buy three, get one free because they already knew they liked bras and they already knew if they didn't like it, they could just return it anyway. So we overcame the objection of value by providing a better offer. And ultimately, because we put more product into that customer's hands, we grew an emotional moat around the business. They were pot committed to the brand. All right, so next we have the power of social proof. Now everybody talks about social proof because it is tremendously powerful, but it's not just the comment sections of your ads. It's not just people seeing your ad and having a whole bunch of validation. It's also a live review section where people are able to see customers and what they said about the product. Now it's amazing about social proof and one of the most wildly understood parts about it is, well first, 
It's also an evidence that the machine has a lot of data on that ad, which is why ads with really high social proof tend to do well because they just have more data. But more importantly, it allows you to get psychological information in the business to understand different marketing angles and allows you to ultimately test to reach different pain points on Maslow's hierarchy of needs to get somebody to buy in. The point here is the greatest market research you can do is literally listening to your customers. Now we talked about this earlier, but one of the easiest and most effective places to do this is in the social proof of your own ads. It's not just a tool to help make a sale. It's a tool to help make future sales phenomenally easier. Once again, small plug down below in the description, I'll drop a link for it, but Sarah Levenger's masterclass in Disruptor School about using psychology convert will literally tell you all the tools that you need to do this for dirt cheap and way to make it something that an entry-level employee can do and provide C-suite executives with information that they would never have otherwise that will move the needle. You need to learn how to read and understand your analytics. Every part of your business is going to have a different best practice set of analytics. Now the two that I look to more often than anything is PSM and a 4PI analysis. PSM is LTV divided by the sum of CPA and COGS times the frequency of purchases. This ultimately says how much more money can I spend on a daily basis with my ads and still break even or meet my business objectives because as volume grows, that margin can be less. Now this is infinitely more important than any metric based around attribution. For instance, NCPA or ROAS or MER or contribution margin from our friends over at The Collective. This is legitimately actionable information, not a retroactive report card, which means it's something we can use to make plans for the future. The 4PI analysis will let us know inside of Facebook, even at broad, how Facebook is using our ads and ultimately where our opportunities lie when it comes to marketing angles, positioning, creative direction, and how people are responding to that hero product as well as our tier two marketing efforts for those LTV products. The point here is you need to value actionable information. You need to only look at data that allows you to make a decision and anything else is not your objective. It's basically a vanity metric for somebody else to understand the value of what they're doing, but ultimately it won't help people make decisions that move the needle financially. And when we are talking about growing your business and getting funding and scaling your brand, you need to understand market opportunities and finances. If it's not going to help you make a decision to affect one of those things, like if you're looking at ROAS, won't help you make that decision. CPC won't help you make that decision. CTR won't help you make that decision. MER won't help you make that decision. Contribution margin, NCPA, CAP. None of those things are going to help you ultimately say, this is the move I need to make. At best, they're going to make you feel good or bad about something or give you a retroactive report card on what happened. Generally in a myopic view, which is completely useless for anybody making real business decisions. Now, I know we just said a lot of things there that might be controversial. And if you have any questions on them, please drop them in the comment section below. You'll also find links, once again, to the Facebook Ads MBA program, to Disruptor School, to join the newsletter, check out the merch, any of those types of things. But if you are still not confident running your campaigns at broad targeting, setting the budget at the campaign level, if you don't know what the impact of spend on one ad is having across the rest of your ecosystem, these are the solutions that you should be looking for to inform yourself on how to be a better operator. The things that will not fix this problem, Advantage Plus, cost caps, local likes, interest groups, retargeting, any of that nonsense won't 
fix this. ROAS and MER and contribution margin, NCPA will not fix. And if somebody is telling you their biggest objective is to scale the business so they can get funding, understand that number one, they don't know how funding works. Number two, they are making a very unattractive business for funding in the first place. And number three, remember that getting funding is not a badge of honor. It's almost always a liability. And some of the biggest brands that get funding are the weakest positioned brands in the market. There's a reason why two, three years ago, everybody that was getting 10, 20, 100, 200, 500 million dollar valuations are going out of business today. And there's a reason why the most successful D2C businesses are almost all bootstrapped. So there you have it. And before we go, just a friendly reminder, please hit like, subscribe, drop a comment, leave positive feedback, five stars, all the things you can do to help this do well. Because at the end of the day, the better we can get with this channel getting out there, the more people will have the opportunity of creating opportunity for others. And the more we can be able to undermine the folks that have no idea what they're doing that are creating harm at scale in the market. You deserve better. You deserve more success and less stress. And with that being said, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.